0: wade into wealth taking one of life's most intimidating topics money your financial well-being and providing simple easy to understand ways to be more comfortable with your own financial health this is wade into wealth brought to you by the wade group at brighton securities good to be back with you good day to you wherever you're listening to us from this is wade into wealth uh we're two brothers chuck wade that's me and Wade is seated across uh, the table from me, my younger but better looking and probably smarter brother. Um, and we're so happy to be here with you today um, on our podcast that is meant to share the journey to financial wellness with you. And and ETH, I think that today is a great time to focus on an article that re- recently came out from a website called ProPublica, a very popular, well-known site. They do a lot in terms of uh, trying to expose um you know, areas where there may be things that the public needs to know about. And and the one that came out most recently was one that had to deal with the lack of taxes being paid by the wealthiest people in in the United States. And I I found it to be fascinating, but also uh, extremely enlightening and not necessarily in a good way. Taxes
1: and uh, and the lack thereof. You know, the average family in the United States... It's making $70,000 per year, pays just under 15% in taxes, mm-hmm. almost $10,000. In many cases, the top 25 wealthiest Americans are
0: paying less than 5%. And in a lot of cases, that number is closer to 2, 1. Yeah, closer. To, it's closer to low. 0. It's closer to 0, and in many
1: cases, it is 0. Jeff Bezos, 2007. 2011. Uh, I don't know off top of my head if he's the richest man in the world right now, but he's he's certainly uh, he's up there. Bounces around. Um, 2007, 2011, zero taxes paid. Elon Musk, owner of Tesla, no taxes paid in 2018. Michael Bloomberg, Carl Icahn, even Warren Buffett have done it in the past.
0: Yeah, Warren Buffett is one we'll talk about later, but I mean he is is in terms of avoiding. Paying taxes, he is one of the best. Sure. One of the best in the entire world. And I think one of the
1: reasons is, you know, we look at that and think that is, that's horrible and backwards. But why is that happening? And I think the biggest key is the difference between wealth and income, but also what we would refer to as capital income versus wage income. And they're they're two different things, right? Because your typical U.S. household, your couple or your individual taxpayer, uh, a majority of what they have comes from wage income. You go to work, you do a job, you get paid for that job, and you have to pay income tax on it. Capital income is... Stock gains. It it may be from real estate properties that you own. It's from assets that are working for you, which tend to be taxed at a much more favorable rate. Mm -hmm. The wealthiest people, a majority of their income all comes from capital income, growth of their stocks, growth of real estate that they have, growth of businesses that they own. Whereas your typical American, your typical couple, taxpayer, individual taxpayer, a majority of their wealth is instead coming from wage income, arguably some of the highest taxable income that you could have.
0: Yeah. And, and in many cases, you know, what, what people are even looking to do in, in, in this case, you look at, at Bezos, there was a case where, you know, he had income in one year of around, tw- of, I think it was around $25 million. And the majority of that was from investments which was sure. dividends and interest. And, you know, something that, often companies will make light of is the fact that a CEO has chosen not to take a salary. A right. CEO takes a salary of $50,000 a year or takes they're so a salary nice. of $1 a year, which is what Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook do. And you know they try to spin that as something that is positive. right? When in reality, the CEOs or owners or founders of these companies have no need to be taking a salary. Right. or to be taking any income, they don't want to. They would actually prefer to avoid that. Before we go any further, topic of the article is called The Secret IRS Files, Trove of Never-Before-Seen Records Reveal How the Wealthiest Avoid Income Tax. It's a long article. I, I think you would, if you're listening to this podcast, you have an interest in in finance and and would probably find it to be a um, value to spend some time reading. We're going to go through highlights. But to me, that was one of the most glaring things is the fact that there is a big difference between what we would call wealth and what we would call income sure in the United States and how the the two things are taxed and something that needs to be pointed out nowhere in this article which had the the research was exhaustive nowhere is anyone accused of doing anything illegal or right. doing anything that you know they that that this was this was against a law or breaking a law. That was not in there at all. So, right. so we, that should be stated. Nobody's breaking the law in this case or doing sure. anything illegal. But there is there are significant issues with the tax system in our country, and one of those starts with the difference between wealth and income. Right. And
1: wealth can be derived in many ways.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: One thing that's very important especially for a lot of these wealthy CEOs that have multi-billion dollar businesses, most of their wealth is tied up in the value of the stock right. that they own and the right. company that they own. In reality, you know, in, in fairness to this, I mean, you could read an article that shows that, you know, Jeff Bezos, uh, in this given year, I'm just using an example, net worth went up a hundred billion dollars and it very well may have on paper. Right. But if, if, most of that is covered or shown through the growth in the stock that he owns. Right. If he has not sold any shares, he does not have to pay tax on right. that. Right. And so while it is a gain on paper, and it sounds like a good headline that Jeff Bezos' wealth rose by $100 billion and doesn't pay any tax, that's because he didn't sell any of the investments that he has now had he sold investments he would be on the hook to pay capital gains tax now make no bones about it capital gains tax is a much more favorable tax rate than income tax so that doesn't more than make up for it Mm -hmm. but that that difference that distinction between wealth appreciation which is where most of you look at warren buffett you look at jeff bezos you look at some of the elon musk some of the Mm -hmm. richest guy richest folks uh, uh uh in the United States, in the world, most of their wealth comes from appreciation in stock. And if you don't sell it, you don't have to pay any tax right. off of that.
0: And and it needs to be stated that that is a very exclusive club that sure. has wealth of that amount, but also wealth that can increase that amount. Right. The majority of Americans, majority of people, do not live in a scenario such as that. Your primary source Absol- of income, right. Absolutely your yeah. primary source of spending of money, and even what most people probably think of as wealth, probably comes from a paycheck. What is earned or paid out every two weeks. Now, with that, you really can't get away without that money being taxed. No, It's going to be taxed. You're going to pay payroll taxes on it. You'll pay all the various taxes, and you'll pay income tax at both the federal and state level if you live in a state where there's state income tax. Yep. Which? means you're just going to have to pay taxes. means you have to pay taxes on it. And so, you know, there's probably an issue there down the road where, and this is was a point of this article too that I found was interesting, is, you know, you can blame people who have significant amounts of wealth for having it. They're not doing anything illegal. If you have a fault, the fault really is with the system of how taxes are paid and how that's accounted for in the United States. Sure,
1: and I, I think I've even seen a couple of places that has shown that Warren Buffett and Jeff Bezos are in favor of uh, of sure. a, uh, a tax code that encompasses them paying more taxes, I think. Uh, don't quote me on it. Well,
0: and a lot um, of them, like Warren Buffett, has signed the Giving Pledge, which is, you know, a pledge that, that many ultra-wealthy people have made where at least half, and in many times, more of their wealth is given away and distributed sure. to places of need upon their passing. Yeah, and I, it's,
1: Oh, taxes are never any fun. But the reality is... <laughs> no, they're not. Um, these folks that we're talking about, they don't just have a CPA where they come in and drop off no. their tax documents at the end of the year. The reality is they have teams of tax professionals...
0: Working just for them.
1: Correct. Because, you know, we think of our tax return very simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, their tax return, when you have these stocks, you have these businesses, you have these properties, you have real estate, uh, limited partnerships, what have you, everything else, you have a very, very complicated tax return, which means they're probably not taking the standard deduction Mm -hmm. like most of everybody else does.
0: Although in one of those years, it was interesting that Jeff Bezos did take a $4,000 tax credit for one of his children because his income was so low that he was able to do that. And that kind of makes you roll roll your eyes a bit. Like, all right. Sure. But- London, Rome, I you know, guess. And and now the other thing is these people have the means to have tax people yes. that are able to help these and legal and legal people, professionals, that are able to set these things up. And their and jobs are the to case.
1: pour over however many documents from the IRS of the uh, all of the workings of the tax code right. to see what loopholes are available and how they can be exploited for uh, the particular person's benefit. Given the complexity
0: of of the tax returns, yeah, that that they have in two thousand eighteen, the top twenty five wealthiest Americans reported an income of one hundred and fifty eight million dollars. Sure. Now, that's a that's a sizable number, but it, yeah, it yeah, is not, it not is, compared to those folks. It is equal to one percent of their reported wealth. Right. And that shows where the flaws are in the system in terms of having an equitable amount of tax paid by everyone based on wealth versus income. Right, But the question becomes, and this is something that, you know, it, it gets to it in the article and, and some of it was fairly enlightening. So what are these people using or how do they how do they have money? How do they access money? Because these are not people that are also, with the exception of Warren Buffett, who still lives in, I believe, a single or two-story home, In Omaha, Nebraska, (laughs) these are not people that are living in 2,000 or 3,000 square feet homes. Sure. These are people that have multiple residences that have, you know, yachts or boats or things like that. So how do they get the money to fund those if all their wealth is tied up and they're not wanting to sell stock and even have to pay capital gains taxes?
1: Right. So if you have a typical investment account, meaning not a retirement account, Mm -hmm you can borrow against your securities and your investments. You can essentially use your stocks, your investments as collateral mm-hmm. to borrow against those. And, and the institution will, will allow you to do that. Uh, in reality, we may look at that and, and say Jeff Bezos takes a, a billion dollars, uses a billion dollars worth of margin is in his investment account, meaning he's just borrowing a billion dollars using his securities mm-hmm. and his stock as collateral, which perfectly legal. He's going to pay an interest uh, yeah. he'll pay uh, he'll pay interest on annual interest rate on the amount of money that he has borrowed there. But in reality, even if that interest rate is ten percent right that's half of what the maximum capital gains tax is, which right now maximum capital gains tax is twenty percent to sell a security and lock in gains. Yeah. For him to borrow and 10% is a very high interest rate, and given the amount of money that he would be borrowing, I'm sure he would get a very, very favorable interest rate from the financial institution. Uh, So it's, like you said, not anywhere near 10%. But even if it was, his cost of capital to borrow that money is half of what he would pay in tax on the gains that, that would be booked in selling an investment to buy that.
0: Right. And and so because when you go to borrow money, the interest rate is determined by the risk that sure. is assessed to you. Right. So a bank or an organization that is looking to lend that you have gone to to be lent money will look at you and say, well, what is the likelihood it will be paid back? Yep. What are the assets that you have that could pay back this loan? Well, these people have the means to pay back any loan that they're taking out. Right. It's very low risk. And it's also a business where you know Bank of America, whom or whomever, may look at this and say someone wants a billion dollar line of credit. Yeah, four percent because the four percent that would be earned on that is significant is much more significant than charging the majority of Americans eight, nine, ten percent for a loan. So it's it's a volume business as well. The other thing that you know was interesting is there a lot of company, a lot of these companies do not pay dividends. Mm -hmm. A lot of the companies that are owned Amazon, Facebook, Berkshire Hathaway, these companies don't pay dividends. And in many of these cases, Tesla does not pay a dividend either. The largest shareholder of these companies is the person who founded the company. Right. And so by virtue of the fact that these companies choose not to pay dividends, these people are choosing not to have taxable income because dividends are taxed as well regardless of whether you reinvest them or take them as cash, dividends are taxed. And so it's a very tax-efficient strategy for these very high earners to not have their shares be paying a dividend. Correct. And
1: I think it's also worth noting that uh, these owners this doesn't mean that their business is not paying tax. Correct. Uh, There's, you know, I mean, Amazon gets certain tax breaks. I remember when they were uh, applying for something in New York State a couple years ago, Mm -hmm. and they were going to give plenty of tax breaks. But the business as a whole still... Pays tax, and likely a fair amount of it. Right. Uh, we're talking about the individual owners here on, on their tax return. And if we if we take a step back to, uh, you mentioned borrowing a, a massive line of credit against their securities and they have to pay a 4% interest rate. Not only is that person avoiding paying the tax, but what about the opportunity cost of keeping that money invested? We know that the long-term return on average from, I think it's the 30s or 40s, of the S&P 500, average annual rate of return hovers right around 12%. Mm-hmm. So if we're taking an objective view, you can borrow money for 4%, right. or you can invest money for the long term. Doesn't mean you're going to make that every single year, and in reality, you won't. There'll be years where you make more. There'll be years where you make less. There'll be years where it goes down 50%. But on average, the S&P 500 is about 12% a year for 70, 80 years now at this point. So borrow money for four or keep it invested, understanding that for the long term, you may be able to generate more than double that in in long-term returns.
0: Yeah. So through the majority of this podcast, we're talking about people that are probably not listening to this podcast. I think that's a safe... Uh, not yet. That's a safe wager. Not, not yet. yet. Um, but so I think what you just mentioned, though, is, is something that does translate to anyone with investments and as a sure. converse- conversation we have often with people is where they may have a pot of investments that aren't in an IRA and they may be looking to purchase a home or a vehicle or, you know, may need money may and, and are considering using an investment account or a brokerage account as a source of funds. And they'll inevitably ask the question, some people will just say, I want to take this money out of my investment account. And we'll say, well, hold on. Right. Let's talk more about what you're looking to purchase and and get some more data. And others will say, "What should I do?" Because what we often look at is what is your cost of borrowing, right? Versus what you are earning or have earned with your investments, and that can lead us to a to a more efficient and beneficial answer for someone.
1: Yeah, from an from an objective uh, uh, viewpoint. It's also important, and this is what we also talk about with our clients, is that what about the emotional side? Mm-hmm. Does having this debt hanging over your head, is it going to drive you nuts? Is it going to give you anxiety? Uh, is it going to impact your overall happiness, and is it going to disrupt your life? And if the answer is yes, well, we got to give a little bit more consideration to that. But uh, And there are certain instances now, if you're selling your home, and you're getting a large uh, a large amount of capital. You're getting your equity out of it. Mm-hmm. You can put it in your next home, where your mortgage, uh, you know, I think the thirty year mortgage right now maybe is close to three and a half percent. Yeah, uh, or About
0: three and a quarter. Yeah, or so.
1: Or look to invest that money. I mean, you, if you can invest it with understanding that your time horizon is long term. Mm-hmm. If you need this money in a year or two don't invest it. That's, that's a foolish mistake. You might make some, you also may lose some. Mm -hmm. Um, But if, if you take this money, you know, we're living in this house for a while. Uh, We're not going to touch this money that we have coming in. Instead, we want to take it and allow it to grow and still have access to it. Consider investing it. You can open up an investment account. You, there's no maximum contribution amount that you can put in there. You can put 5 million bucks in an investment account in one year if you want. But it allows you control, and you still have access to that money if and if and when you need it. Uh, something to consider.
0: Yeah, and it was a it was a very enlightening article. Was there a takeaway that you had, or something that stood out to you most that you you thought was a good takeaway, or something that just made you think?
1: I mean, I think it was it was uh, I didn't apply the true thought of the difference between wealth and income. Yep. Because even I look at these articles, I think, well, you know. Net worth grew by a hundred billion dollars and even paying tax on it. Well, yeah, right. it's because most of that is in the form of stock appreciation. And when when I sit down and think about it, I think that makes all the sense in the world. Right. Um, that I otherwise would not have probably applied that uh, that level of thought to it. So it was certainly thought provoking.
0: Yeah, and for me, I think what stood out the most, or I didn't realize it, is you know, and it's a good point that not all borrowing of money is bad. Right. Not all debt right. is bad. I mean, the majority of anyone who owns a home borrows money. Yeah. That's not bad. Yeah. Nobody's ever going to say, "Look at you, that mortgage is terrible. Right. You shouldn't have it." And the reality is, is that it's something to consider. Is that if you are considering finance, considering a large purchase or an outlay of cash that is needed for something, it is worth considering. Borrowing should always be something you consider. Right, as long as as it is done responsibly, yep. and that is something that I would say. These people, these ultra high-worth people, high-net-worth people, are borrowing responsibly. Yes. And they are they are using it to their advantage. That is a strategy that, if done right, can be applied to most people. Yes. In terms of, am I borrowing to make, can borrowing be more efficient? A simple example is, you're buying a washer and dryer and a home depot or whomever you're purchasing from has a 0% financing option for a period of time instead of paying 3 or 4 grand for a washer and dryer can you finance it at 0% for a period of time as long as you are disciplined enough and that's the key mm-hmm. to pay it off inside of that window that can be a very beneficial decision to someone's finances,
1: sure, thirty six hundred dollar washer and dryer is three hundred bucks a month. That may be a little more manageable to to pay it off, and may allow you to use whatever capital it is you have in a perhaps a more efficient way that can grow, uh, give you the potential to grow over a longer term time horizon.
0: Yeah, and I think you see these articles, and there's a ha- I know the headline caught my attention. The headline sure. catches your attention and gets you to click through it and read it. And it's very possible, I think, to read through something and, and get frustrated by it or upset because someone else may be in a different circumstance or situation that you're in. Yeah. What I think can also be helpful or beneficial is look through it and see if there's anything you can apply mm-hmm. to your own situation. Yeah. Maybe that means taking a couple of zeros off some of the numbers that are being discussed. But just a couple look through it and see what you can apply to your own situation and circumstance often there is some nugget in there or something that you can learn take and use to benefit your own self yeah debt is okay in moderation
1: you hit the, the nail on the head that is fine when used responsibly uh, if you're finding value in our podcast we would love for you to refer a friend family member or follow us on all of our social media pages facebook twitter instagram at wade into wealth
0: that's where you can find us, and one of the things that um, you'd mentioned was finding value and being responsible um, and doing things in a responsible method. We want to make sure that we're responsible with the time that we take up, and as we approach the 23-minute mark, we just want to thank you for being with us again on another episode of Weight into Wealth. Stay healthy. Stay safe. We'll talk to you next week. Contact The Wade Group at Wade Group at BrightonSecurities.com. or find them on Facebook or Twitter at The Wade Group. Thanks for listening to Wade into Wealth, brought to you by The Wade Group at Brighton Securities.